Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became The Smiths. Played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sai. This is Funky Sai's A to Z of Manchester bonus episodes. Funky Sai's Festive Fives. Hello, Simon. Good evening, Jack. It's great to be back with you here. Isn't it marvellous? Yeah, it's, it's great. And it's been a while, a year it's, now, hasn't it? It's been a year. Isn't that incredible? What have you been doing? Well, not a lot. And I'm, I'll be glad to see the end of this year. I don't know about you. Right. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been quite busy. Been drumming, rehearsing, done a couple of gigs, little festivals. Very good. At the move-in, that was a good one. And so you've it, managed to get out and about then and do some stuff? Yeah. Because when, I felt like this year still didn't get started. We said at the end of last year, didn't we, you know, it'll be a whole new year, 2021. We did, we did. And, and it really wasn't. Wasn't, was it? No. But anyway, uh, onward and upward, hopefully. Oh, well, let's hope 2022 is. We'll, yeah. be, we'll be back same time next year, moaning again. <laughs> No, I've been, I've been on holiday to Tembe, never went there before. Oh, what did you think? I loved it. I loved the architecture. I got one of those old hotels there on the front overlooking the sea and stayed for four days. Couldn't get a meal anywhere, though, because, you know, you had massive queues everywhere. Yeah, you so see. eating fish and chips every night. That's all right. Put about ten stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about Tim's Twitter listening party? Well, I saw that on Twitter and I was very excited. So you ended up going to... Abbey Road, where we recorded Ben Sinister, my first album, in 1986. Bricks was there and Steve Hanley. Um, John uh, Leckie. Who? John Leckie. John Leckie. <laughs> Don't forget John. <laughs> no, oh, he's great. He's dead cool, John. Yeah. I forgot how cool he was. Right. He had so a white did, suit on. How did that come about? Because Tim's listening, it's great, isn't it, on Twitter? Yeah, it's a brilliant concept. It's such a great They're thing. very that... clever, them guys, you know. But how did you get to do a live one? Well, it was the 90th birthday party of Abbey Road as a studio. And there was basically having a load of events on. Had a live audience of about 30, maybe. Yeah. They, it was live, you know, well, and they had a big screen on, you know, with all the tweets on. Great. But uh, struggling to uh, catch up. I know, exactly. It's hard work, <laughs> isn't it, that sweater, tweeting. <laughs> but it was a good night. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, Yeah, drove, drove down with Rich, my friend, my son-in-law, in fact, and uh, I drove back afterwards. Wow. It was really good. Great to see Steve and Bricks. I think Bricks is doing some new stuff. Great. With Steve? No, I don't think so. Oh, because uh, they were, weren't they? They yeah. were doing something together the last couple of years. Bricks and the Extricators. Yeah. But he said uh, he's, she's been doing some work with the youth, the producer. Right. And uh, from Killing Joke, you know, bass player. Great producer over in his studio in uh, Spain there. So, uh, you know, watch this space. Oh, OK. And what's Steve up to, do you know? No, not really, though. I saw him at the Literary Festival again. I go every year. Oh, you look know. at you, get you. <laughs> Hawking my butt there on the stall, Good pumping man. a bit of flesh. Yes. It was great. Um, I, I always like going there. They always make me dead feel welcome. I think I've been to everyone. <laughs> and they said, it wouldn't be the same without you, Simon. <laughs> That's just a really nice thing to say. Uh, so uh, they, moved, they moved it now. It's at the hotel opposite the Hacienda now. Because uh, it was at the Palace Hotel for a few years. Uh, I met Will Sargent from Echo and the Bunnyman. Great. And we were talking about Ian Brody, you know, because 
They used to live, you know, together when they were younger. Oh, I didn't know that. And they used to change his clothes six times in Brody before they went out, you know, on, t- on the town. What? He was worried about what he looked like? Yeah, well, you know. Well, you wouldn't artist, have thought it, would you? <laughs> <laughs> he um, worked with Wilder Twisty in Brody. Did he? Yeah, he did some work with them on a few album. years ago. Yeah, and right. I can't remember what it was. It's a long time ago, Simon. He's a, he's a clever guy. Again. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, really good. So your band have been out. Yeah, we've been recording recently, actually, uh, a new batch of stuff. It'll come out in the new year, February, March, probably. Got a great song called Night Cruising, um, which I really, really enjoy. I think it's a great, great track. Is it funky? Yeah, of course. Marvellous. Yeah. (laughs) We'd expect nothing less. Well, we thought we'd do a couple of bonus episodes, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Because we thought we'd catch up. It's Christmas. That's right, I've missed doing this, you know. I've missed doing it. So, I mean, you know what? Time flies, doesn't it? So it you've, does. just, you've just got to make a date yeah. and do it. That's right. So we're going to do Funky Size Festive Fives. That sounds good to me, Jackie. Okay, so my first Festive Five is my Manchester Supergroup. Now, can I just ask you this? Am I allowed to play drums in it? Are you putting yourself in the supergroup? Right, OK, no, don't No, I, don't I, I like the doesn't fact matter. that you've put yourself in the supergroup. <laughs> no, I'll, instead I'm going to put Rennie in, Alan Rennie. Ren OK. From the Stone Roses. So he's the drummer at the back, keeping the time. And you can you can be his, you know, understudy if oh, he's not available. I'm not sure I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's um, my favourite drummer, really, in Manchester. People ask me. And uh, he's like Keith Moon, but um, more controlled. Uh, amazing, and he, he's got a lot better um, when I last saw him, uh, which was at Wembley Stadium, when we supported him, and uh, came in and gave me a big hug, you know, Uh-oh. before they all went on stage, which I thought was really nice. But he's got two bass drums now, and uh, he's amazing, really is. Okay, so he's on drums. So he's on drums. I've got Andy Rock, um, my old friend. He's very funky. From the Smiths. We love Andy. He can do other stuff as well, but he can do funk for yes. sure. And uh, like Barbarism Begins at Home is a typical example, one of the styles that he can do. So he's on bass. He's on bass, um, playing his precision, called, he nicknamed it Old Faithful, Fender Precision Bass, a sunburst, really worn. <laughs> Played it on a lot of the records. Uh, yeah, uh, so he's on bass. Keyboards, I've got Clint Boone. On well, the spiral carpets. Well, we, well, you know what? I mean, he really is a legend, isn't he? Yes, he is. And you he, can't not love Clint. And, and he can play, although I've not heard him play recently because mm. he's always DJing. Or... He is, he's non-stop. He must be the hardest working man yeah, because yeah, he, he never is. stops. So yeah. so is Tom Ingley. He's a hard worker. Yeah, the singer. Well, one of the singers. So we've got Clint on uh, keyboards. On keyboards, marvelous. Yeah, this can, is shaping up to be a very funky yeah, group. He can do all that Hammond stuff perfectly, and there's a lovely lad. He is lovely. I love him to death. Now guitar, Bernard Sumner. Now he's not the best guitarist in the world, but he does that uh, chic style funky thing, and he's been doing it for forty years, and you know, Absolutely. And he can do it really well. We don't really think of him as being. One of the best guitarists. No, you don't. But what the, the, that particular style of guitaring, uh, like that, he can do it really well and, uh, you know, never misses a beat. Yeah, so Bernard on guitar, lead singer, 
Uh, I thought about it, but I'm going to go with Liam Gallagher. Oh, OK, controversial. Well, why is it controversial? Well, you know, he was a star of Oasis. No, he, abso- him, he um, absolutely was. If it was his brother on his own, I don't think they would have got as far, would they? We've mentioned this before, haven't we? We've talked about that and bit. It, you have to have a bit of magic, don't you, with, yeah, with things? Yeah, I, I don't claim to be best mates, but I have met, met him a couple of times mm. and he's been sweet with me, you know, really sweet. No, he is lovely. He's really nice, Liam. I mean, obviously, I want to keep the, uh, the hard man image up. But, you know, he's not really like that. <laughs> he's getting a bit he is, old for that now. He is quite a nice guy <laughs> when you just sit down and have a chat with him. Yeah, he is. Uh, so he'd be my singer, my choice of singer for the super group. Well, I like this super yeah. group. And what you could do is, when you put them all together, is you can pick their best songs. They all play. In the set. In the set. That's a good idea. And what a great set that would be. Yeah, it would be. A bit it? of Oasis, a bit of Stone Roses. Smiths in, in Spirals. Spirals. New Order. Ah. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, now we all want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're probably all too busy, you know, if I try to... Uh, let's, let's make it happen, Simon. Get them together. We'll give it a go, eh? My next festive five is by choice of dinner guests. If I had a big party and I uh, like, could invite anybody I wanted to. Okay. Yeah. A big Christmas dinner. Oh, yeah. Who were you inviting? Well, uh, first of all, Grace Jones... Really? I th- yeah, I think, you know, she, she might be very interesting. I'd like to hear about Jamaica mm-hmm. and, the you know, the people that she uh, works with, you know, the bands and everything. Uh, I love her stuff. You don't it's- hear her interviewed a lot, do you? No, there was a documentary a couple of years ago where she was trying to put back her band and she was trying to get hold of Robbie Shakespeare, the bass player. He's in Jamaica. I think she was in Paris on the phone. Went, come on, please, Robbie, come back and play. <laughs> but he was like, He's having nah, none of it. Nah, nah. Because <laughs> he played on all those massive records with Sly Dunbar, of course. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about the music with him. Uh, my next guest I'd like to invite is Boy George. Boy George is a very good friend of mine. You're joking. I'm not you know joking. Him? I've just done a podcast with Boy George <laughs> oh, this, yeah. in lockdown. Brilliant. Love Boy George. Is any great? Oh, he really is great. I mean, I think it was 82, wasn't it, when he first appeared on Top of the Pops? Yeah, with Carla Comenian. Uh, no, it was Do You Really Want to Hurt That's Me? That's right, yeah. I mean, that affected so many people. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was dressing up. I was always wary of singers who dress up. You know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Does it scare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got the voice, you see, so he can do it. Uh, some people try to um, cover themselves up, you know, the, the weaknesses, but not him. Oh, he's no. got a great voice. Time, Clock of the Heart, uh, really good. And he's, he's just a great uh, raconteur, really. We worked with him on this podcast this year in lockdown. You know, he couldn't have been nicer because it wasn't about him. It was, was about, it about his friend, David okay. Hodge, who's an ex-drag queen. Oh, okay. Used to be called Dusty O. George right. just said, you know what, I'll do anything to help you. Oh, that's And lovely. did whatever we wanted him to do, said whatever. And we had a launch night in London. Did you really? And boy George came along oh. and he didn't dress up. He didn't make it all about him. <laughs> he just came along to support his friend. Brilliant. Well, so I'm really I'm, glad you've picked him. I'm glad I've invited him yeah, now as well. <laughs> because he's a lovely man. Well done. Excellent work. Okay, so my next um, guest is going to be Eric Cantona. What are you looking at me like that for? No, I love I mean, I love Eric. I know as a City fan, I shouldn't. But you can't help but love him. No, I know. Um, I think he'd be, you know, uh, his philosophical view on life. Yeah. And the, you know, poetic words he might come out with. 
And I like to see how pe- the other people, Grace, you know, and Bowie George Howard, would react to some of this, you know. Yes. Would they go along with it? Or? I think they'd be a little bit in awe of him. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. Um, I think he'd have to be at the head of the table. I mean, I don't know the who else is on the list. But uh, well, I'll tell you. Go um, on. The next one is Ruby Wax, love. TV personality. Yeah, love Ruby as well. Talks a million miles an hour, but she is funny. Uh, I don't know that she still does it now. Oh, she does, yeah. Does she? she does a lot of um, sort of mindfulness and things like that. Right, okay. Um, that's it, what she seems to have got what, into. So it's not funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next guest is Louis Theroux. Now, I do like Louis Theroux and his TV shows. I think he's a great interview uh, interviewer. I think he disarms people with his nerdy charm. You know, like, um, you know, uh, serial killers in the jail <laughs> in America, things like that. Yes, because he doesn't actually look like he's asking any difficult questions. No, he's, but no. he really is. Yeah, he is. He just knows how to get in there, you he know, does. with the right uh, phrasing of and his And I think question. yes, perhaps they do think, well, he's harmless, and really, he's the one to watch. Yes, no, so he yes, he's great. <laughs> so um, he'd be along. Um, I wonder what he'd make of them all. I mean, he's younger than. Uh, all us guys. Yes. I think, well, now I know who's on the list. I think Eric would be the head of the table. Who would, Louis? Eric. Oh, Eric. Oh, King Eric. Of course he would. I'll get him a special paper crown. <laughs> Not the cracker. <laughs> oh, there's crackers at your parties. Oh, I'm delighted. Of course there is. <laughs> and Christmas pudding. <laughs> With sixpences in. So the next festive five is TV themes. Now, I'm a big fan of the 70s. I'm a 70s child, I guess, being born in 63. So there's a couple of here. Uh, Persuaders theme tune. Oh, such a great John song. Barry, absolutely love the show. It was on on Thursday night, and uh, I loved the cars in it, especially um, Curtis's uh, Ferrari Dino. Um, it was a bit kind of camp, wasn't it? But the colours were great and the outfits and the you know, trouser suits. Yeah, and the, the lovely hotels, you know, in yeah. Venice or wherever they were around the world. And it kind of brightened your, your night up, you know, on a dark November night. You know what I mean? Yes. But I loved it. But the theme tune, amazing. So uh, that's one of my favourite ones. Uh, the New Avengers, the one with Purdy in. Right. Um, I didn't really. Get into the Avengers or the new Avengers. Didn't you? No. I had a thing for Purdy. Right, okay. Which has probably helped, you know, while I watched it so much. Yes. But I did like the theme tune. It's similar to the original one um, with uh, Emma Peel in it, uh, but it's, you know, a bit jazzed up a bit. What I'm going to do is add all these theme tunes to our soundtrack for tonight. Okay. Yeah. So that anybody who's not heard any of these theme tunes. Okay. Can have a listen to them. All right, then. Okay, carry on. Now, do you remember the hard-hitting news TV show Panorama? I do. I think it still runs. What a brilliant piece of music. It's yeah. just so stirring. Um, I don't remember it. I'm not going to sing Come it. on, please. Just sing a bit dun, of it. Dun, 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 Yes, I do. Dun, 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 Can't stop him now once he's started. Again, I didn't care to watch it that much, you know, the actual editorial content of the show, but I love the theme tune. 
and uh, it stuck out. Um, the next one is going to be uh, the Edgar Wallace Mysteries. Oh, no, that I don't know that one at all. Black and white, late 60s. Right. Um, a lot, lot of famous film stars. I can't really name any of them. But uh, What, uh, that had appear in it? A bit like yes. Columbo? Is it yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, before, like, before Columbo. Like though. cameo appearances and yeah. things. Oh, okay. Um, but the music in it, I loved it. And uh, I think I subconsciously, I didn't have drum lessons, but subconsciously the drumming, on that track, Edgar Wallace Mysteries theme tune, I picked it up and played it on Realm of Dust, but sped it up. Okay. Subconsciously, you yes. know, the ride. <laughs> like Is this that. just in case the lawyers get involved? <laughs> you have to keep saying subconsciously. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, the last one is the theme tune from The Sopranos. Okay. One of my favourite TV shows. I've still never seen it. Oh, well, you should. I know. It's one of those things that I put on my list. Yeah. And here we are, how many years later? Well, you've got to invest time in it. That's so my many problem. Episodes. Yeah, exactly. But um, it's still, for me, the benchmark, you know, of shows like that, weekly shows. But great, great music. But doesn't it make a difference when you hear the theme tune? And how excited you feel that you're settling down to watch a great show. Yes. The theme tune adds to it, doesn't it? Absolutely. The next festive five is the favourite gigs that I've attended as a punter, that is. Oh, very good. Just watching. Started watching The Clash uh, in the late 70s and I went to see them at the Hammersmith Palais. The white man in Hammersmith Palais had already been out. So it's quite memorable being there, you know, watching them. I also remember it because I got in a bit of a ruckus with the security guy. <laughs> they didn't have the right pass. And uh, he tried to push me off the stage, but the uh, top of the drummer's roadie jumped out and saved the day and pushed him off. Said, leave him, leave him, he's all right. Um, and how, how did you get on the stage? <laughs> well, because uh, John and I, after school, we used to go up to the Apollo and uh, we started going in there and watching bands, uh, you know, pushing the cases in. Because you could do that then. You didn't have to have a, you know, Ivy's jacket and goggles, <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> a vise or whatever. You just go, gee, oh, mate, do you want me to help you? And that was it, you were in. Wow. So that's how I started, you know, getting really into bands, you know, seeing how it worked. So See, that- listen, kids, <laughs> if you want to start off, start off as a volunteer. Just make yourself useful. Well, that's right. It really is yeah, right. Yeah, so is. then you and did you and John go to London? Yeah, we went to the Lyceum once as well, um, on the Strand there. And so were you just going down on the train? Yes, we were. Yeah, I wasn't driving then. I think I got my first car when I was 18, I think, or 17. And so your mum and dad were quite happy to see wave you off to London? Yeah, we were at South Trafford College, so... Um, but I started dropping out of the lessons, you know, oh, doing that. Simon. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a good education, Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that's that's my um, first gig that I've got on my list here. The next one is at the Manchester Apollo, and it's by The Specials. Now, I was, you know, really into the two-toned thing, as, as was John. Um, I had a Crombie. Uh, didn't what what a, year are we talking? 79, really, was the main one, when The Specials played there, and it got on top of the pops and everything. It was dead exciting. Um, all this black and white, you know, everywhere, <laughs> colour. And I remember seeing the uh, drummer walking up, f- up from town 
there's a load of dry cleaning on his shoulder, you know, on coat hangers. I thought, wow, you know, he's getting a new shirt for his gig. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, really good. I just saw him a few times. And, and would you be uh, up the front with everybody jumping? I wouldn't be right at the front. No. I was for The Clash when I first went to see them mm. at the Apollo also. They play there a lot, as you know. I ended up working with Terry Hall, of course, and Neville Staple separately. But, uh, yeah, I love the music. Ghost Town, just brilliant. Well, all, all, that first album was just brilliant. And Your it, Monkey Man. So the, the gig was fantastic, Concrete Jungle. Yeah. Just brilliant. They were a punk band originally. And uh, I think that DJ uh, who used to do the PW, Pete Waterman, I think he got hold of them, sort of shifted shifted things around. Really? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. There's a bit special AKA. Um, it was called something else before that as well, you know, before uh, Two Tone sort of blew up. So, yeah, that was a really exciting gig. Uh, the Smiths at the Palace Theatre. This was, been, you know, probably not long before they split up. About 86, 87? 87 uh, well, maybe? Eight, 86, I think, 86, probably. yeah. Great venue. I've, I've been, you know, a couple of times to see pantomimes over the years, but seeing a band in there was something else. And, uh, yeah, it was really exciting. Uh, shame they didn't carry on a bit longer. I know. Yeah. Do you know what? It still makes me feel a bit sick when I think about the, the Smiths split up. I know it's a very long time ago. Yeah. I need to get over it, but it still is very sad. I, I, I was enjoying them more, you know, the, the further they got into the career. Yes. Uh, the sound of the records. Big, big sound. Uh, Stephen Street, the producer, doing it. I, you know, it's a shame, but there you go. They shone brightly. Were you friends with them at that point? Yeah, You were friends with Andy, yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. Johnny. Yeah, yeah, and Johnny. So I bet that was great just to watch them, yeah, being was. a friend. Yeah, and yeah. seeing how great they were. Uh, hopefully I better go and see Andy uh, this coming year, you know. In New York? Yeah, I'm not seeing him for a couple of years, yeah. of course. So, uh, that, yeah, that was a great gig, uh, really good. Um, the next one is <laughs> the Stone Roses at the Heineken Arena in Amsterdam when they reformed. And uh, Ian um, very kindly paid for me to go over and stay there and what, you know, as, as a treat sort of thing. Very nice. What year's this? It's about five years ago, I think. Right, okay. Um, it's famously, it's the gig where Rennie um, decided he'd had enough. Oh, okay. And uh, didn't want to do an encore or more than one encore. Didn't, uh, you know, he said the sound was rubbish and uh, he wanted to get in his limousine and go home. And he did. And I thought, oh, I got a bit scared, really, because I thought that somebody might say, listen, we're going to have to get another drummer in. <laughs> and I could have done it, you know, because um, I know the songs. Well, certainly off the first album. You should have been in the back saying under your breath, somebody needs a new drummer. You know, just to give them, <laughs> you know, just as a hint. And then you could say, oh, I'm here. Well, it was I've got a, me sticks, lads. I know. Well, it was a dramatic night because, you know, um, everybody was very, very worried because they had a load more gigs, you know, the next day or whatever yeah. in another country. Uh, but they didn't ask me and Rennie came back. Oh, OK. Nobody could replace Rennie. No, exactly. And they tried before um, with another drummer and it wasn't as good. Well, it's never the same. We've talked about this, haven't we? Exactly. You've got to have the right mix yeah. and, and some things work. And if you take out one of the ingredients... Yeah, it's gone. It won't it's gone. work. And the first time I ever saw Rennie was next uh, in Cholton, a rehearsal room next to the Ontario Burger factory. <laughs> there was a rehearsal room there and I went to see him. And I just couldn't take my eyes off him. He's just, he's just commanding the whole thing. Uh, incredible. 
Uh, without him, I don't think they would have got as far as they would have done. But, you know, he's a very important part of the chemistry. Really is. Them. And yeah. talking of Ian Brown, any contact with Ian? No, I've not spoke to him. I've been to, been to one of his houses a couple of times, mm. knocked on, but he's not been in. And, uh, well, I just hope I bump into him. And when I do, I can't, you know, it'd be great. I yes. know it will. Can't wait, you know, to see him. Right, I'll bump well, into some. I'll bump into him one day. Yes. <laughs> you see. Well, you know what? I think it has been the, the craziest couple of years, hasn't it, for it everybody? Has. Yeah. You know, and let's hope it does return to some sort of normality yeah, in twenty twenty two. So the last uh, gig I'm going to talk mm. about that I have, was a punter at, or was I a punter? It was a prodigy, Fuji Festival, Tokyo. This particular year, there was a mudslide on the side of the mountain where it usually is, the Fuji, Mount Fuji, that is. This year, the year before or whatever it was, uh, there was a mudslide, so they had to have it in the big dock where the docks are in Tokyo. Okay. By the water. And I remember a huge ocean liner, you know, going past. That must have been the first time I went because I was roadieing, which I'm not very keen on, really. No. Um, I want to be a performer, not a roadie. But um, it's not, nothing wrong in doing that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but there is if you want to be up on the stage. That's right. You know, because a lot of roadies don't. They wouldn't want to do that in a million years, <laughs> you know. But, so, um, so who did you see? The Prodigy? Yes, and uh, just so uh, so exciting. I think they might have been the headliners. And I, I love the beats they do, you know, music for a jilted generation, is it? Uh, that album. But uh, I spoiled it by having a bit of an argument with Keith Flint uh, back at the club at the Lexington Queens because uh, he'd reserved this VIP area and I wanted to sit down. <laughs> you can't come here, it's reserved for the ladies. I said, you what? <laughs> How could we forget? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what a great band uh, the Prodigy were. My next festive five, the venues, some of them, five of them, that I've played. Great. <laughs> uh, the first one I'm going to mention is the Fillmore in San Francisco there. Um, we went there with a the fall a couple of times. Absolutely love San Francisco. You know, all those steep streets and the Victorian-style uh, wooden housing mm. and uh, just all those memories from the detective shows from and, the 70s. And when you're there playing in a band, do you get to... Have a look round. Yeah, we do. The cities. We did there and uh, went to Fisherman's Wharf, uh, you know, great seafood there. <laughs> went on a trip round Alcatraz, didn't actually go in it, but sailed round it in this boat, you know, with a pair of headphones where there's a guide, uh, a recording of him. It was good. <laughs> Under the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, um, it's just, you know, and there's mountains, hills and, you know, nearby. It's just amazing. And there was fog there when I was there, which is famous for, of course. And, uh, we, you know, we played a club, the I-Beam Club, it was called. And I think it was a double bill. It was Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and the Fall, possibly Howard DeVoto's Luxuria. Now, I did try with Howard DeVoto. Reminds me, actually, I met the Buzzcocks drummer John Marr for the first time uh, the other day, uh, which was great because, you know, I always wanted to say hello to him, you know, because I loved, I loved watching him, you know, that red drum kit. And where did you bump into him? At the Literary Festival. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah, he, he got something to do with a book about the Buzzcocks. 
and the guy that was designing the sleeves of the Buscocks, Malcolm, I think, um, he, you know, he was talking. Uh, it was interesting, you know, good stuff. But so going back to San Francisco, yeah, we had a big party uh, with Nick Cave, uh, you know, quite debauched, really, <laughs> when I think about it. But uh, staying in this uh, in Japantown, which is not far from the Fillmore, but what a great venue, all that history. And was it a good gig, can you remember? Yeah, it was. Mark was on form, was he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, Bill Graham's club, he, he ended up having a load of Fillmore's, you know, one in New York, one in Chicago, but that was the original one. Oh, okay. Where Janis Joplin would play. Wow. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, all these, you know, amazing people. And what year was this that you played? This would have been uh, about 1989, 90 maybe. So you've got good memories of it. Yeah, and uh, got two runways as well, you know, for the first time I'd seen that. <laughs> you know, when you land, <laughs> the flames landing parallel, which pretty, you know, impressed me. Uh, so, yeah, that's um, one of my favourite places we played. The Olympia in Dublin, Olympia Theatre. Have you been? I don't know. I've been to a few um, in Dublin. I saw Oasis play there a few times. So yeah. I don't know whether it'll be that venue because it was pretty big. Is this one big? It's probably about two and a half thousand to right, three thousand. Okay. Yeah. It's on that main strip where Lazy, Lazy Lills is it? That club. You know, what's sort of main nightlife street, old style theatre, you know, the balconies, great acoustics. Did you go out in Dublin? Yeah, down the street. I get, there's a famous bar. I think it's late. It might be Lazy Lil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was great fun. And are you, are you partaking of Guinness when you're in Ireland? Absolutely. Yeah, I do like Guinness. Do you? Yeah. yeah. But I prefer the uh, the other one, um, Beamish. Not, not what's it called? The other. What? <laughs> I don't know what my dad would make of this. It's sweeter. Uh, oh. Beamish. I do like that. Oh, I think you Because I went back there a, a couple of years ago to Western Court. And I was drinking Beamish, and I remember it's sweet, sweeter than Guinness, I'm sure it is. Okay. Yeah, but I've got a sweet too, as you say. Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you off then. <laughs> um, Manchester Apollo was good old Apollo again, I keep going back there. It's one of the greatest venues, isn't it? It is, and I went the other day, you know, um, somebody took took me along to see uh, OMD, and, was, and uh, they, were, they were very good, I forgot yeah. how many hits they had. Just hit after hit after hit. Were the seats in or was it standing? Standing where I was. Right, okay. They might have been upstairs, I don't know. Yeah, they don't take the seats out upstairs, but I think it makes a difference. If it's seated, I just feel it's not yeah. quite right. But when it's standing, it's just one of the best venues. Yeah, because, of course, when the Clash started playing there, they all got ripped out. Oh, but, really? Yeah, loads of them, yeah. <laughs> it was Simon, did you pull any of the seats? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> have you got one no. in your house, yes or no? <laughs> But uh, I've noticed at the bar upstairs at the Apollo, uh, uh, they've got, you know, great big uh, pictures of uh, Ian and Morrissey and uh, a couple of others, Liam probably, you know, like huge big pictures. Oh, I'll have to go in and have a look. Yeah, well, you know, the, the big pictures of them, you've probably seen them before, or maybe uh, you haven't. No, I don't know. think so. I th maybe they're a new edition, I don't know. Right. But so, yeah, it was very good. Acoustics, just brilliant there. You can see everything. And, and if it, you know, I played there with Ian uh, two nights, and it's just great, you know. Got such an, uh, you know, over the years, sort of history with the place yeah. myself, really have. And if it not been for the Apollo and seeing the clash there and sneaking in, I probably wouldn't be here now, Jackie. <laughs> oh, so that's who we're blaming, is it? <laughs> yeah. The next gig is the Astoria Theatre in London. 
which was absolutely a brilliant gig again. Um, it's kind of a near the Dominion Theatre, you know. Has it gone now? Yes, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, because I, um, I went with Wilder Twist when they played there. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, what Isn't a great night they had. It's a great yeah. vibe, isn't it? Yeah, really good. It's all built up, you know, the old buildings around it. It's, you know, West End sort of thing. Just so many great times. Vic Rees, he used to come every time we played there. Oh, really? Yeah, he's had an art exhibition, hasn't he? He has, it? yeah. See, in fact, he launched it in Manchester. Yeah, he did. Which was great. Might go in there. Um, it's on uh, near the Manchester Museum. The Art Gallery, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I might have a look at that. And that Bob guy, he, he used to come as well. Jory did. I saw Bob at Bridgewater Hall. Oh, okay. Uh, just a couple of months ago. Oh, right. Uh, he was yeah. um, talking about his book. I mean, you've got to love Bob. I mean, he's a national treasure, isn't he? Yeah. Um, what's that guy does on his um, Oh, his train guy yeah. is just hilarious, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's good at that. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. So they used to come and see you, did they? They were Fall fans. Yes, they were. Yeah, saw them more, you know, two or three times when we played in London. And would they come backstage? Would, yeah, would, they would. Yeah, but would Mark talk to them? I think he did. I'm sure he did. Oh, was yeah. he a fan of comedy, Mark? Uh, yeah, he liked, um, what's that guy with a long scraggle, yeah. <laughs> um, not John Cooper Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I do like John Cooper Clark. Oh, I though. love him, yeah. yeah. I saw. In fact, I saw John Cooper Clark. He supported the fall a few times, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so uh, that's where I saw him. Um, who's the comedian with the long scraggly hair? Oh, now, I can't, he was a drummer. He had a drum kit. Um I can't remember his name, but we, we saw him once. Not Bill Bailey. No, no, no. not him. <laughs> It'll come to me. In a How bit. old is he? Probably about 60 then. Then? Oh. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> oh, God. Come on, we need to work it out. Right. Uh, Let's have a think. Uh, is he English? Charlie Chuck. He was called Charlie Chuck. He used to do an act with Vic and Bob as well. I'm not sure about that, but he used to... Um, Did he say donkey? Yes, him, him. Mark likes him. Oh, I love him. I met him, actually, after a Vic and Bob gig and had a lovely chat with him about Ireland. Right, okay. Yeah, he's a really nice He's a drummer, though, isn't he? Was he? Yeah, because I've seen him play a drum cat. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he, he did like comedians. Right, okay. Yeah. Oh, so he would talk to them if they came backstage? Yeah, if he liked just, them, yeah. I'm just a bit worried that he, he might ignore them and it might get a bit awkward. <laughs> Well, I guess it did a few times, you know. It's amazing when people meet people now and they say, oh, I met Mark once. And I'm always dead interested to hear, how did you get on with him? And you know what? Nine times out of ten, they've got a great story and he was oh, well, dead that's, cool. Yeah, that's and good. And he bought him a pint because that's what that kind of guy was. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we love playing there at the old Astoria. And uh, saw Primal Scream there once, you know, that Screamy Delicate or there that was amazing absolutely amazing uh, my last gig is going to be Wembley Stadium where I supported the Roses with my band the G.O.D who are no longer uh, functioning but uh, went down for the day <laughs> stayed at this hotel next door really good um, amazing it was like ticking off, a w off my wish list of places or things to do play Wembley Stadium, always wanted to do it. How fantastic. And same with Ian. And, he's, you know, he said, uh, Si, we've done it, we've done it, played. <laughs> Even though it was only, you know, a tenth full when I played with, you know, with the support. Oh, it doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't. No. Been there. Yeah. 
Met them blossoms lads, nice lads. They're oh from yeah, round here, aren't they? They're from Stockport. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, were they on the same bill? Yeah. Right. And they're also that um, those sort of uh, traveller type ones. What they called from Lincolnshire, Sleaford Mods. That's oh, who it was. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so we're all hanging out there um, backstage, you know, and uh, just just a wonderful experience. So, yeah, of course, because you'd already got your bit done as well, so exactly. then you can enjoy yourself. Yeah. Really good. And my daughter came to that one. Great. And do you do you always watch bands from the side of the stage if you can? Or would you do you do you like to go out into the it, crowd? It depends if it was a club in, you know, California or somewhere, I'd like to go in the crowd because it was different. But a place like that, you know, big place up from the side. But you always watch the drummers, of course. But I don't think they have got a drummer, have they? Sleaford Mods. It's a drum machine, yeah. So yeah, that's my uh, fifth one. I think that's my fifth one. Well, we've come to the end of our festive five, Simon. That was quick. Wasn't it? Yes. We got back into the swing of it very quickly, didn't we? <laughs> well, I dropped a couple of beats there, but, you know, it's not bad for the first time. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, we just want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, everybody have a great Christmas out there. Yeah, have a lovely Christmas. Hopefully, we'll do another special next week, won't we? I'd love to, if yeah. you don't mind. No, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll come back with our... Have you got a festive playlist for us? A festive oh, soundtrack? Oh, yes, I have. Okay, so we need a festive soundtrack from you, Simon. What have okay. you got? First one is Christmas Wrapping by The Waitresses. Love that. I do. Isn't yeah. it nice? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what a Wonderful World by Joey Ramone, his version. Oh, that's Don't unusual. Really no, I haven't. Oh, it's, it's great. I oh, love, good. I love that. I like to add new songs to my um, Christmas playlist. Oh, okay. Yes, so yeah, that, that's a good addition. It, yeah. It'll fit. You know, it does say Christmas in it, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. That'll, that'll do. Um, the next one is um, one when I co-wrote, uh, and it's Xmas with Simon with The Fall. Wrote that with Mark, and uh, I play it every year, and I'll continue to do so. <laughs> The next one, I know you're not a fan of uh, Pretenders, <laughs> but it's 2,000 Miles. No, I, d I don't mind the Don't Start Rumours, Simon. Um, no, I quite like that one. Yeah, I yes. do. Great. I love that. And I'm going to go with, with The Power of Love by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. What a song. Why not? When I'm driving around by day, till I hear The Power of Love, um, it's not Christmas, but I heard it a couple of days ago. I oh. played it on... Uh, Radio 2, I think, in the morning. And it's such a great song. Yeah, it is. Trevor on again. And uh, I love it every it's time. It's that huge sound. Oh, it's great. Isn't yeah. It? Oh, well, I'm looking forward to this yeah. playlist today. Well done, Simon. This is excellent. No. Have a nice Christmas. Oh, thank you too, Jackie. Yes. And we'll do another one after. You certainly You enjoy will. yourself. This podcast was produced and edited by John. Post-production is by Carl Svensson at Tadar Media Limited. Music by Colin McGrath, Joe Brown, Johnny Smale and Simon Wollstonecroft. And the artwork is by Lee Dyer. This has been Funky Size, A to Z of Manchester. Mm -hmm.